Welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Miller, your host. Today we've got another great interview for you. I have Michael Menzel who joined me. He is the uh, owner of Adifico Construction and he is out of the state of Montana. Michael had a great attitude. I really enjoyed this, uh, this interview. Throughout the whole thing, he delivered a ton of value, and he added to our mission here with this podcast, which is to strengthen the tile industry each week with our uh, business education designed for contractors by contractors. We appreciate you, and we hope you appreciate this podcast and are benefiting from it. We'd love to hear from you, actually, if any of you want to uh, give us a shout You've probably all got my cell phone number here. It is one more time, 831-588-0417, 831-588-0417. Give me a shout. Give me a text. Let me know uh, where we can improve and where we can um, provide more value for you every day. Providing value was kind of the subject of the day with Michael, and he is somebody who just comes from a very genuine place, uh, a place of um, wanting to always, you know, be authentic and and uh, provide value to his communities that he that he lives in, and works in. And so I know you're really going to relate to this interview. Um, real quick, though, I want to give a shout out to HappyTileGuy.com. Listen, if if you're not if you don't have a website. You know, and you're you're looking for new clients. Um, you're looking to expand. You know, you should definitely consider a website if you can't afford it. You know, there's Google My Business, which works alongside a website, but but it could um, almost replace a website if you really are on a budget. Um, but you need to have a Google My Business profile and be updating weekly over there, and then combined with your website and even a YouTube channel, if you really want to know how to get a lot of leads and what happens when you get a lot of leads uh, you get to raise your price because you you are now in demand so you want to put out a lot of content and have a website and have google and have all that good stuff to create a demand for your product and this way you can um, strengthen your brand and earn some more tile money so head over to happytileguy.com it's it's uh, one of the most cost effective websites out there with the most value $500 and $99 a month and we do ongoing upkeeping and that includes the hosting of your URL and all that good stuff so without further ado tile friends I hope you enjoy today's interview with Michael Menzel hey Michael hi Luke how are you doing good and yourself good sir Thank you so much for uh, for agreeing to join me today and share some insights into your business. Um, can you introduce yourself, your business name, and where you're located, and, and what, spe- what what you guys specialize in over there? Sure, sure. So my name is Michael Menzel. I live in uh, Montana, and I say Montana is uh, vaguely like that because I started in Bozeman, mm. and I uh, just recently have uh, moved to Great Falls permanently. And so I'm in Great Falls, Montana, and uh, I started my company just over five years ago. It's uh, Difficult Construction, and uh, Difficult is Latin for build, construct, edify, create, erect, or improve. And uh, my logo there is a hypercube or tesseract. It's a four-dimensional cube. It represents uh, infinitesimal or a fourth dimension. And uh, 
basically I started my company not because of what I wanted, but what I didn't want. Mm. And I was uh, sick of working for uh, especially builders that were just about their bottom line. They were looking at their budget and their time frame, and quality was out the window. Mm. And um, I really pride myself on quality. Yeah. Um, I'm not a perfectionist. I realize, you know, there is a time frame and a budget to adhere to, but I try to get the best uh, end result possible with what I'm working with. Mm. And I don't want to just polish a turd, so to speak, so that, you know, the uh, property can close or it will sell and someone makes a profit on it, you know. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're talking about value, uh, not just the value I give, but the value I get. I get value, obviously, from getting paid. That's part of the exchange, but I get value when I look at a job and I'm proud of it. You know, uh, when I stand back and I mean, I just look at it like, wow, I did that and feel accomplished. Mm. And likewise, when the end user, which is the person that's going to live in a place, not the builder, a builder doesn't really care about the quality as much. They're not like patting you on the back saying, Hey, good job. That's great. They just, you know, want to keep you rolling in there about the money. And I just got sick of, uh, that aspect of it, not working with the end user, not getting that value of seeing my product be appreciated by someone that gets to enjoy it, you know? Mm. And so I mostly do residential. I do some commercial work now and again, but I really, some people don't want to deal with um, homeowners. I I love working with homeowners. And uh, as a result of being in people's homes, you know, when you're in a commercial setting, Typically, it's closed off from uh, the business aspect, and you're in construction mode, and you don't have to deal with uh, juggling around people that are living in a place or being in that space you're trying to work in. And uh, working in people's homes, I'm a guest. I'm a guest in every home that I have a job at. You know, um, they need to feel comfortable with me and likewise me with them. And there's a little period of time until you get to know them. It's a little bit until you're comfortable and they're comfortable and it feels um, like there's no tension or, you know, just feels normal. And uh, I should say I went to school for construction engineering. Okay. Um, I finished back in uh, 2009, graduated in 2010 in the, construction market hadn't really bounced back from the 08 crash. Right. And people were pretty hesitant to hire a kid right out of college without much uh, experience on paper. I mean, I had experience building tree houses and doing remodel work with the family and stuff like that. But I didn't have like paid jobs that were like, Oh yeah, I worked for such and such a company and so on. And they were really uh, leery of hiring someone with just uh, education and not having the experience. Mm. I went to a career fair or two and everybody uh, basically was like, just get your hands dirty, get out there, get in construction, doing anything, hanging drywall. It doesn't matter. Just get some experience under your belt. And I talked to a guy that I knew that did drywall and he had just hired a helper and he's like, well, Hey, my buddy Sean's been trying to help me or hire me to help him do uh, granite countertops. Uh, maybe you could check with him. And mm-hmm. I immediately got in with him, uh, fabricating and installing for a startup company 
that uh, was really just new and off the ground and hadn't really established themselves. And uh, the people weren't that experienced yet. And my first day or first week, the first day I did a cut and polish on an undermount sink, it was as good as anyone that they had put out in the last about two years. Yeah. I mean, it was, I wouldn't say it was flawless, but it was about as close as it's going to get, especially for someone's first yeah. uh, undermount sink. Um, and that made me feel good about myself from then on. I really discover, I really enjoy working with my hands and uh, turning a product that you can look at, that you can touch, that you can experience on that level versus I've been in retail before, uh, helped my family run a retail store, and that just didn't give me that sense of satisfaction like uh, building something, Mm -hmm. constructing something. And anyways, the guy that started that company, he was a – Finished carpenter, but he was a tradesman. He did a little of everything, and I did some bathroom and kitchen remodels with him. I learned to do a little plumbing, a little electrical, framing, siding, roofing, you name it. I did probably a little bit of everything with that guy and really learned a lot and um, really appreciate that knowledge that I got from that that experience. But uh, I got sick of um, just being in this grind where everything was just – barely being juggled multiple jobs that you're, you know, you go there and do a little bit of work and now these people are complaining that you're not there and having to juggle that. So I really try to just uh, have one job that I'm on at a time, complete it and move to the next and not be bouncing around trying to please so many people, which, you know, at that rate, you're not pleasing anyone when you're bouncing around and not there all the time. Right. But uh, yeah, we were working up in big sky Montana for builders on places that were, you know, $1.2 million and up mm-hmm. and they were being built like spec homes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some nice finishes and some nice features, but they were really just being slapped together with, uh, out much regard for quality, but it was all about just get her done. We yeah. got 17 of these units to do hurry up and get on to the next one. And, um, I had gone up there starting with uh, finished carpentry and got moved to building decks. Mm-hmm. And then we wrapped, we got caught up on decks and we were going around being uh, fire suppressors and just fixing things that weren't correct and just trying to stay ahead of the rest of the crew. I mean, there was a uh, soft fit fascia that would be out six inches across like 50, 60 feet. Whoa. And we were having to, fur it out, bring it out and make it, you know, look like a consistent reveal and uh, tub tub areas that were an inch off one way or the other. And we'd have to go pack them out or make them, you know, big enough to get the tubs around in, in there. And I, uh, I just wasn't happy with um, doing quality that quality work that wasn't quality. You know, here's I'm working in big sky Montana, which around here, I mean, for Montana, you got Justin Timberlake, you name it, Hollywood stars, movie producers that have these multi-million dollar uh, estates up there. And, you know, here we're doing work that I wouldn't even want to do in my worst enemy's home, you know. And so I uh, decided after going to school and being in construction for a while that no, no homeowner would come to you and say, hey, I want you to build me a house. 
And uh, here's my budget. Here's my timeline. Get it done for this much by this day. I don't care what corners you got to cut. Right. What it takes, just get her done right. for that amount. Right. Anyone, anyone spend money like that in something they're going to uh, have for a while would be like, hey, look, here's my budget. Here's my timeline. Let's try to adhere to that. But I don't want problems down the road. If it you know, takes you a little longer or it costs a little more, I'd rather have it done right than to have you getting it done for that. You know, I want it, I don't want problems down the road and no builder um, that I had ever worked for had that mindset Hmm. and they wouldn't even, you know, probably revisit um, that situation with the client as far as, Hey, here's the deal. It's going to take longer. I mean, they just compress stuff in. So quality goes down Hmm. just to, to get the time and the the budget. Right. And, um, I just couldn't see doing that. You know, I didn't want to have clients that we had to do that to because I think people are flexible when, when it comes to having it done right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, since I went out on my own, um, it's been so much less stressful and you'd think, you know, starting your own company and doing your own thing would be more stressful. And it really hasn't been because, um, I get it first off, uh, kind of control and manipulate my world a little bit better rather than working for my boss who's working for a builder who then has a client. Mm-hmm. I had like three people that I had to kind of answer to. Whereas now, yeah, I still answer to someone, the homeowner, but um, I'm my own boss and I uh, really enjoy where I'm at now. Excellent. And uh, value wise, um, I think, you know, quality is what I bring. And uh, I think time frame and budget is still pretty on point. I uh, don't have to really sacrifice anything to, to give them what I want or what they want. And um, also not working for a builder or a boss, you know, we're hired by a builder and then you don't even meet the client. I'm working for the end user. So I get that value of, of turning a product over to someone that appreciates it, that gets to enjoy it, that says, wow, this is amazing. I mean, sometimes I've, I've seen tears of joy from uh, usually older people that have been waiting 20 years to do a bathroom or kitchen right, remodel. Right. And, you know, they thought it was never going to happen. And unfortunately, it's usually because they're looking to either sell their house or I something know. and they have to finally update it. But still seeing that uh, reaction from them, it really is uh, rewarding to me to mm-hmm. see them appreciate my work. Yeah. And um, likewise, dealing with the client, I uh, it's more personal. You know, I uh, I tend to, I could easily, I'm really good at making up my mind. I'm uh, never usually him and haw about, you know, what selection of what product to use. It just kind of comes together for me real easy. But clients aren't so easy to uh, make up their mind. I try not to be twisting arms um, to go in a certain, you know, I don't want them to just pick what I want. I want them to pick what they want for one, because I want them to be happy with it. But also if they're not, I don't want um, fingers pointed at me is the reason that they're not happy. So, you know, I try to steer them in the right direction and I get, I pretty much lay out, you know, the, the different variables and options and, things of that nature so that they have the complete picture of what, you know, they're working with and what they're going to get out of it. And then um, they 
usually uh, have a lot easier time making up their mind when I kind of tell them the pros and cons of something. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, yeah, see, seeing someone that's happy is just uh, way better than just, uh, yeah, okay, now get on to the next unit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I said I got into granite. I did tile after that. Um, now, how'd you I get in? Really, now, how'd you get into the tile business? So, uh, we did a bathroom remodel at my boss's house. Okay. And we did the tile there. And then, um, he had a buddy that did tile. We had borrowed his tile saw once or twice. Then my boss bought a tile saw and we were just doing more tile here and there. Um, my boss was a general contractor, but, uh, he'd try to do most of the work in house. He'd hire an electrician or a plumber, but periodically we would um put in some new lights or switches or outlets sure. and uh we would put in a shower valve and uh so i i learned along the way and uh youtube's amazing hmm. you know you can you can learn anything i think elon musk said that anybody can uh basically become a, a specialist in any field in two years with uh, the internet social media youtube um, we just have a vast, immense amount of knowledge at our fingertips on your device. Yeah. Whereas, you know, so many years ago, you'd be lucky to go to your local library and find anything that would be worthwhile to you, yeah. you know? And, yeah. uh, yeah, sure. If you knew a guy that you worked with on one job, maybe you could give him a call and he'd know. Yeah. But, uh, like now I work by myself for the most part and, um, YouTube probably, and actually these tile pages, mm-hmm. Tile Money, uh, Global Tile Posse, in the last few years since I've been on these pages, have learned so much mm-hmm. because uh, of guys like you and professionals that like to uh, exchange knowledge and spread you know knowledge. And uh, working by myself, I'm not working beside a guy that you know can share, even, even a guy that hasn't been around. As long as your experiences, you can still teach you something right, new. Right. I would say everybody has something to offer in that regard, but when you're not working with people on a job, you're not going to be learning from anybody. No. So I, uh, I resort to Facebook a lot. And I mean, I, there's uh, posts where oh, it piques my interest and I'll read every single comment and reply. And I might spend an hour just reading everything. And sometimes it's just people talking smack and complaining and being mean, but there's always people that uh, have interesting stuff to say and share that uh, broadens my view and, and uh, brings more knowledge to myself and others by sharing that. I, I, I agree a hundred percent now uh, with you there. It's an interesting quote there from Elon Musk about, you know, becoming proficient or, you know, master anything in a couple of years just with the internet and, and, you know, like you just mentioned, sometimes there's a lot of trolls or, or BS on the internet, but that's not the, the type of stuff Elon was talking about. Unless you want to just become a, a, a wicked meme creator, you can do that too. But really, if you want to set your sets, set your sights high on, on some high level education, I mean, there's nothing, there's just about nothing you know, that you can't learn on the internet. I mean, if your goal is to be a dentist or a doctor or a scientist or some other profession that really does require that college degree, sure, 
you know, but if you're, if your goal is to learn how to build something with your hands or even build something virtually, you know, websites, digital, I mean, that's how I got into podcasting, you know, just free education, um, and just dig, dig, dig. I mean, the internet is, is very vast beyond Facebook. I was on Facebook earlier and somebody's like, well, this internet, blah, blah, blah. And I said, this isn't the internet, you know? Um, these kids, they think Facebook and Google search bar is the internet and, and you can get so much deeper into the internet <laughs> with so many more valuable tools. Um, I wanted to ask, do you, do you work alone by choice or is it just really difficult to find someone right now where you're at? Uh, a little of both. So, you know, I, I was, you know, I knew I was trying to transfer to Great Falls from Bozeman mm-hmm. and I was ready to expand and bring people on, but I just, saw no point in doing that when I was going to be moving. And the reason was, I mean, I met a, I did a granite job in great falls, met a gal here, um, kind of just stayed in touch with her. And, uh, it was a few years before we really hung out and hit it off. But, um, I just fell in love with this girl. We ended up, uh, getting pregnant mm-hmm. and uh, we probably got married anyways. We put the cart before the horse, however. And, uh, our first boy, we weren't married, but we got married. We have a second child. And uh, part of what made me fall in love with her is she already had three kids. Mm-hmm. And she was raising them in the Catholic Church. And um, I had taken my nephew and my godson to church with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed not going by myself, but being uh, single. You know, people that would see me there with one of these kids, they wouldn't know that I wasn't their dad and Mm -hmm. they would just see a, see a single guy with the kid and he would get staring eyes. And I just knew that it'd be a lot easier to go if you were a family, a couple Mm -hmm. raising kids in the church. And, um, that was a huge draw to me as being Catholic. She was Catholic and especially in Bozeman, I was meeting very few women that, um, even believed in God or went to church, let alone being Catholic. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really a huge thing for me. And so hit it off with her and I was still working in Bozeman and um, just back and forth from Bozeman to Great Falls as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It was really tough juggling that, but I had so much work there. I mean, that place is just growing like crazy. Yeah, I bet. And uh, I, the last year I turned so much work away. Um, I think, I wrapped up in December and I had booked myself from February to December of last year. By February, I had already booked myself through December and probably just, you know, within months after that, I was turning work away. I mean, I'd pick up a small job here and there. Sure. I'd done a lot of handyman work and I like those jobs that um, you can just go in for a couple hours or a day. You don't have to set up shop and, you know, spend a day mobilizing onto the job and spend the day cleaning up and hauling your tools out. Those are fun to do. It breaks up the monotony of things. Yeah. That's why you know, I saw I saying I got into tile. I like to do a little of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes things more exciting to not do the same thing day yeah. in, day out. Now, uh, tile work and finished carpentry, depending on what you're doing, can be pretty fancy and pretty detailed, and it can really be a lot of fun. But doing that day in, day out makes it not as fun. Mm-hmm. But like, I got real sick of doing undermount uh, sink cut right. policies. And uh, now when I revisit that after not doing one for the better part of a year or a few months, 
I really dive into it, like excited to mm-hmm. do it again. And um, it's just uh, a lot easier when he had he hadn't just done three of them the week before, the day before, or whatever. And so uh, I like to do a little of everything. Bathroom remodels are probably my favorite thing mm-hmm. I've done in the last year, probably two or three bathrooms that I literally got the entire thing and uh, demoed slabs to move a drain, um, demoed walls to make a shower bigger, um, added outlets for a a bidet toilet that needed plugged in, um, lights and plumbing, and, I mean, everything, the vanity, the ceiling, the floor, Mm -hmm. and building the shower form. And that's my favorite thing to do because I see the start to the finish and it was all me mm-hmm. first. I mean, when I was working before and I do a little part of something, I wouldn't see the beginning of the job. I wouldn't see the end of the job mm-hmm. and I got to see what I did, but it's nice to see everything come together and see an actual finished space, you know, mm-hmm. rather than it's still in construction mode. And now, you know, finished carpenters got to come in or the painters got to come in. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't love painting, but when I haven't done any painting for a while and I've been busting my butt on the floor laying tile, it's really nice to just kind of have something that's not as physical, it's not as mental, mm-hmm. and uh, it maybe isn't as fun, but it's just uh, a break in the monotony to do something different. So I, I think I could probably, I would probably see more success if I just stuck to one thing, like if I just did tile. It's a lot easier, I think, for people, you know, with a name like Idipico Construction, what do they do? Mm-hmm. You know, they're not necessarily seeking someone like that to do tile. Mm-hmm. They might be looking for a, a specific tile company. But um, I, I've kind of weighed those options of maybe rebranding or re-marketing myself, keeping that, you know, that name, but maybe market myself in, in just a tile name, you know. But I found work isn't hard to find. I uh, I moved to Grand Falls and thought, okay, I'm just going to pick up a few jobs here and there. i got a lot of work to do on our house. And, uh, man, I haven't even been looking for work, and I think I'm booked through September maybe. And I, yeah. I've been trying not to take work. But, trying to be you know, quiet. Realtor, realtor friend refers me to someone, and then they have a $20,000 project that I can't say no to because I get to do everything or uh, – yeah. I, I recently had a client that um, asked me if I could hang a uh, bighorn uh, ram uh, after 27 months of not hearing from him. I hung an elk for him over two years ago, a huge elk mount. Yeah. And uh, he hit me up for the ram. And uh, when I hung the elk, there was a picture there. And I moved the picture and rehung it in between. He had a mountain goat and a uh, bighorn sheep you and i hung the picture between them but then he got this ram and he wanted the ram to go where the you was and the you to go over where the picture was i don't know where the picture was going but i i shuffled stuff around for him and rehung everything but uh, before i went over there he's like yeah if you could come do that we'd have you look at our bathroom mm-hmm. and give us an estimate for a bathroom uh renovation yeah. and um, i went over there and you know, I met with them and hung that stuff, and then I looked at his bathroom, and, man, it was really a nice bathroom, you know, in 2003. Right. And it still was nice. They were really uh, particular people, really kept a clean, tidy house and maintained things. It still looked mostly like it would have looked in 2003, but it was almost 20, 
20 years old and it just wasn't up to date yeah. and um it didn't need it didn't need redone i mean great falls has some places that uh the bathrooms are just rotten away and i mean they're in so uh dire need of uh repair but this this one was in nice shape and they just you know they wanted it to be up to date and mm-hmm. so they had looked again uh updated about a year and a half ago and uh that contractor came in and they just uh they weren't really on par with the the price i see that quite a bit that people really shoot for the moon on their price and maybe they got so much work that they can turn it away you know I, i've done that before on jobs just get a really high price thinking they're you know i'm not going to get the job because they're not going to bite on that and then sometimes you're surprised and sometimes you're relieved mm-hmm. but uh I, I gave them a ballpark and they were okay with that. And I think partially it could have been the contractor, you know, mm-hmm. um, I found with value uh, and branding and image that me as the business owner, me as the person doing the work. Cause I see that too. People would hire my old boss thinking he was going to do the work. Right. And they're really disappointed when that wasn't the guy that was coming into their house to do the work. Mm-hmm. And, um, I like that, you know, I go do the estimate and they're hiring me and I'm doing the work and I would love to have a crew that does it, but I think I'd have a hard time. I just haven't found that people, when it's not their company or not their job, they are, they don't care as much, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they care more about the paycheck and getting finished for the day and not that they don't do quality, but the level of care just isn't there. And I think it'd be a while and that's part of why I haven't, hadn't hired someone as it is hard to find, especially with these, this younger generation, they don't want to do construction. A lot of them, it seems. And I live in Montana where, you know, it's ranch raised people, outdoorsy people, but they want, they want the mobile computer job that they can work remotely. And they want to be a, a influencer and stuff like that. And so I just haven't found uh, someone that I would, want to bring on yet but i know being in great falls permanently now mm-hmm. um that i will find someone i'm thinking about uh we had our we had our boys in little guy wrestling and um i'm thinking about going to the wrestling coach and um basically uh asking him if he knows a kid like hey you got any kids that are hard workers that aren't going to college yeah, that want to get into a trade that they could feed their family for the rest of their life and attain skills that, you know, they could build something on and, and continue uh, using throughout life. I know, I know there's a wrestler at the high school over here that would be a perfect fit. Oh, yeah. I just uh, got to connect the dots. And I think soon enough, I'm going to probably reach out and do something like that. I haven't really established my business or myself here yet. Sure. We'll plan on doing that. But uh, yeah, as far as a brand or an image, I, my face, the way I dress, the way I communicate, um, the things that I do. I, this cross I made yesterday after seeing a post about someone seeking um, businesses to donate something for their uh, benefit auction for this girl. It was actually her um, friend's daughter has to go down to Salt Lake for some, for uh at this point, minor knee surgery that's going to need complete knee replacement. She has some uh, degenerative disease that they're not really sure even what's going on yet, and they're doing a fundraiser and looking for uh, donations. 
Sure. So I busted this cross out yesterday to donate That's for their great. auction. Nice. And, um, you know, things like that. Someone that gives back to their community, someone that goes to church, a, a friendly face at the grocery store, rather than, you know, seeing some guy that doesn't push his cart back to the cart return. You know, it's not, it's not just work that defines me, but all my actions throughout mm-hmm. life define me as a person and, and as a business owner and as the person that's in your home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you hire, when you hire a crew and they're flicking cigarette butts and out on your curb and, uh, things like that, that's not the image that I want to be involved with and nothing against smokers. There are some responsible ones, mm-hmm. but I, I see very few that actually take care of their trash responsibly. You know, I, I think it was 77% of people, non-smokers included, 77% of people don't even consider cigarettes, or I should say cigarette butts, as trash, mm-hmm. as litter. And it's the most widely littered thing. Mm-hmm. Um, billions and billions of cigarette butts a year, and people don't even consider it trash. And, yeah, they sure add up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I just think being mindful, you know. I mean, when yeah. I'm when I'm in a home, in this day and age, I mean, look, we're doing a, a podcast interview. Uh, I'm on my cell phone. Uh, technology is just there that anybody can afford um, to have little nanny cams and spy cams mm-hmm. and ring cameras where I pretty much assume that I'm on camera when I'm in someone's smart, home. Smart, And, yeah. I mean, I worked with guys when I was running the Granite Crew. This guy's talking about, hey, did you see their change jar? And he might have been pilfering their change jar. Wow. And it's just like, are you wow. kidding me, dude? Wow. You know? I, I know um, tradesmen cool. in general are a little rough around the edges, a lot of them. I'm seeing, you know, with this tile money, you're really trying to uh, elevate the tile trade. And there's others in our uh, trade that are doing the same mm-hmm. where um, we're looked at, I think, in a, in a higher regard than, say, a framer. Mm-hmm. or a concrete guy. And I would say even without that, that's probably the case a little bit. I think it's a little more refined work. Mm-hmm. There's more attention to detail. Um, it's not just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, you know, get your done. It's it's about a, a real aesthetic finished look. But what we have with tile is there's structural components and these components that, you know, waterproofing, you mm-hmm. can't see that. So it definitely is not just aesthetics i mean the most important part of a tile job is what you can't see right and so i think uh our trade does need to be um kind of regarded more like an electrician or plumber where it's like you don't even question the price you just know you're gonna hire this guy and he's gonna do it right you know i think most people don't question the electrician no you know about the price and i i I think it's weird when I go to hire a plumber and they want to come look at it to give me a bid. <laughs> I pretty much have just come to expect that it's going to be an hourly rate. They're going to show up when the work <laughs> needs done. They're going to do what I need to do, and I'm going to pay them what they ask. You know, yeah. I don't even question that. Yeah. And that's what I would like to see Tile be. You know, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Nit, nitpicking it. You know, I we see it multiple times a day. I mean, tile fails. I'm sure you're probably on that page. I think now it's t- tile and flooring fails. Mm-hmm. I mean, daily, I would say hundreds of times a day, someone hires the cheaper guy and they regret it. 
because yeah. here they paid a guy to do a job that should have been done right, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. And they have to hire the guy they should have hired in the first place mm-hmm. to come fix it or redo it. And I think um, the tile industry needs to get to that point where they're not going for the cheapest guy. Mm-hmm. They're going for the most qualified guy. Amen. And I would think if people were more, I think it, a lot of that comes to education. Mm-hmm. Um, the client's just not aware, I think, of these things. They're not aware of the yeah. waterproofing aspect of a job and how important that needs to be done 100, 110% right, not even 100%. I mean, it's... I would say most of us, we're, we're doing stuff to extremes. We're, we're not, like, doing it just enough, but, we're like, we want the certainty that there's not going to be a failure ever. Yeah, you know, if you're yeah. doing it right, I would say you are going above and beyond to make sure that the prep is done completely right. Yeah, it's it's so true, Michael. Um, you know, we we talk to people other other trades or other tilers, right? And um, we you know we talk about prices and comparing. You know, a lot of them will compare plumbers to tile contractors. And the fact of the matter is, you know, especially bathroom tilers or remodel contractors like yourself we're building you know the shower is is um and a a lot of the excuses people will use for justifying the price difference between like a tile installer or a plumber they'll say well the the plumber has a lot of liability there with you know the plumbing in the house well the the shower is a is a custom plumbing fixture and, and it's built on site and there's a lot of different potentials for that plumbing fixture to go wrong. And and most of the time if it goes wrong, it's it's a slow it's a slow death to that shower and and by the time, you know, by the time a lot of these things come to um the surface, it's it's a really it, it's caused a lot of damage on the inside of the house. Um and and that can even cause damage to the homeowners or the resident's health, you know, um, in a very, very big way. Some people will get deathly ill uh, from mold, you know, really toxic mold that can grow. And so you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's, it's nonsense to think that we don't have more responsibility on our hands when we're building a shower, you know. And, and the fact that tile is a finished trade, and there are shortcuts to make that finish look presentable. You know, we, we see five, you know, we see spot bonding with thin set. We, we see people building up. I mean, I've seen people build up, like, especially once you get into like 24 by 48 tiles, but even the 12 by 24s, they'll just build up thin set, build, build, build. Pretty soon each tile has one bag of thin set under it. <laughs> You know, and I like what you say about the education. I, I, you know, my wife, she knows more than most consumers would know about tile, but even she married to a tiler for, man, we've been married 14, almost 14 years next March. And even married and been together, you know, 15 years or 16 years or whatever. It's like, she doesn't know that she still has a lot of questions about, you know, the process. And so, my point of bringing this up is there's a lot of opportunity to educate consumers, educate your, um, you know, become that local expert. Like I, like I say a lot, because the fact of the matter is um, these people want to know and they need to know to, to understand 
the the price justification of, of how much work and how important it is to do the proper preparation for tile and why they wouldn't want. And by doing this, you're saving them a lot of headache in the future. And even if they don't use you, you know, maybe you can, you know, give them some some advice and some questions to ask their tiler or their remodel contractor. And that way you're strengthening the community. I like what you said about, you know, giving back to the church, giving back to fundraisers, giving back to your community. And that's, you know, all the things that a responsible, profitable, sustainable business owner can do. Um, You can't do that if you're running around, you know, trying to worry about next week's paycheck. You know, you can't be worried about your money and, and, helping the community it's just it's impossible to have those two lines of thought they're contradicting because if you're worried about how to put food on the table or you're always behind in your bills you're never going to think about donating to your church or donating to the you know the the kids softball league or whatever it is you know um or you know just volunteering in the community um you're never going to have time to educate people so these are all the things that are kind of intertwined into creating uh, um uh, a sustainable business. So I really appreciate you bringing that up, Michael. Um, and um, now have you been able to use your background in construction engineering? Um, how has that, you know, how, how has that impacted your business or, and, and how hasn't it, I guess is kind of, I'm kind of curious to know. So, you know, I GC a little bit, you know, I, I try to do everything myself. Um, one job I'm doing now, I got a permit. Um, we're adding an addition that's going to be a walk-in closet because her current walk-in closet, she wants a tub. The master bathroom had a, a nice shower, but she wanted a tub. Mm-hmm. And the other bathroom had kind of a small tub. It's just an insert, you know, one-piece mm-hmm. tub and tub surround. And she wanted a nice soaking tub that was mm-hmm. larger and a place uh, she could really enjoy soaking. So we're mm-hmm. going to put a big, she got one of these uh, corner tubs mm-hmm. and uh, it's jacuzzi brand, but it's not a jet tub, mm-hmm. but um, we're going to put that in her walk-in closet. And now, you know, with doing that, she needs a closet. Mm-hmm. So the only, we we're going to try to put it just on the outside of that, but uh, the property line was too close. And I, I was thinking that we only needed a two foot, uh, setback, but in this uh, subdivision, it needs to be five feet. Mm-hmm. So my initial uh, permit application, they said, well, you're going to need to move it three feet in. So that would have allowed us a one foot addition. Mm-hmm. She would have had a one foot deep walk-in closet, not even because that was just the outside. Wow. So she, you know, she wouldn't have had anything. And I was like, well, that's not going to work. Amanda. Not worth it. <laughs> and uh, I, I was really uh, dreading having to break that news to her, but I knew um, you know, uh, going to school for engineering, I uh, problem solve. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say that's the, the most applicable thing that I learned was mm-hmm. problem solving. Um, I get real frustrated with my wife. My dad's the same way. They really, they see a hurdle and they see a problem and they come up to it like a wall. Like, I, I can't, you know, pass this. Mm-hmm. They, they get this, I can't do it mindset. I I never have that. I never, when I hear someone say, I've been on jobs where I have heard someone say it's impossible. And uh, when I hear that, I want to get my, 
my eyes on it. Like, let me see this for myself because I'm not buying it because right. I have a anything is possible mindset and I like to problem solve. And um, will, where there's a will, there's a way, I think. And if someone's determined enough, I think they can do it. And uh, I knew going over there that we would figure out a solution to her walk-in closet. I just had to look at the space in person. And when I saw her bedroom, I saw the window. I knew that window already had a header. I was like, well, there's your, there's your walk-in closet right there. Let's do it right there. It'll actually be easier than on that wall where we were trying to do it before. Mm-hmm. You have that window there. I'll remove the window. I'll install it in that wall. You'll have your window there, your closet there. We can do this. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, she saw it as a silver lining, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a blessing in the skies because um, we weren't going to have a, a window in her tub area because the walk-in closet was going to be right outside of that mm-hmm. exterior. So she wouldn't have a window where her tub, her soaking tub was going to be. And now we're going to add a window in that wall where we couldn't do the addition. Mm-hmm. We're going to give her a window and she's still going to have a window in her bedroom. And uh, she's going to have even probably a bigger walk-in closet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it kind of was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like to, I like to problem solve and then, uh, you know, pulling permits and hiring other subs I've done, but yeah, my, my engineering degree hasn't really, uh, benefited me much more than, uh, just that title, that background. Mm-hmm. I'm not just a tradesman. I'm this college educated person that has an engineering degree. So when, you know, when I tell people, Get three bids, get three estimates, you know, that way you can judge them based on each other. And when I come in and I tell them I have an engineering degree, price matters, but that right there sets me ahead of most of the other contractors because you're not seeing a contractor's skill set. You know, it's, if you look at some pictures, whatever, and I have a pretty nice Facebook page that they can judge that on, but that title of like I have a degree in construction engineering mm-hmm. sets me ahead of the competition. I bet. And also, I mean, I'm well spoken, articulated, and very just upfront and honest with people. And I think uh, being very transparent, where I've worked for guys that they try to pull the wool over mm-hmm. uh, the client's eyes, they try to hide mistakes. I'm like, I'm my own worst critic. I usually point things out that didn't go perfect, you know, and the, the client usually doesn't have much issue with it because like I said, I'm, I'm harder on myself than they sure, would be. Sure. And they're not looking for perfection, but just something they can stand back and hey, it looks great, you know, but um, yeah, that, that title um, as an engineer, I mean, when I meet someone and hear they're an engineer, I'm impressed. I am an engineer. You know, like, <laughs> I went to school for that. I know what it takes, but, uh, yeah. you know, same way when someone, the client I was, uh, referring to Amanda, she's a clinical psych, call a uh, psychiatrist, clinical mm. psychiatrist. She's got her doctorate. Like, I mean, that's impressive when people have yeah. some, some, you know, advanced, uh, college education and didn't just get a bachelor's in business, which is great too. Sure. You know? Sure. No, anything, anything and everything helps. Do you also have, you know, in Montana, is there strict licensing laws and do you have any other certifications or anything like that to display or how does no, that work no. out there? So like the CTI, I've been looking at that and, um, around here, I mean, unless you're an electrician or a plumber and maybe 
um, more technical HVAC and like uh, heating type stuff dealing with furnaces, you don't need a license. And even being a general contractor is really lax hmm. uh, compared to other areas, which is good and bad. Right. Um, there, there's, you know, definitely pros and cons on both sides of that. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I really don't have um, too much in the way of certification or anything. Um, I definitely think that uh, most of my most of my business comes word of mouth, and so you know I have clients referring to me, clients that have seen my day to day routine, the work I do, how particular I am, because I address any issue, and uh, usually it's not that big of a deal to a client, but I don't want to just. Um, do something without their knowledge and okay. Yeah. And um, I typically, uh, you know, try to make it so that they can save money rather than spend money. But a lot of times when you open up a wall and there's plumbing or a chase involved that you didn't know about, um, sure, I could just move the niche or do something, but I like them to be involved with that mm-hmm. problem-solving process. Yep. Like, here's what we need to do. This would be more expensive. This will be more affordable and let them kind of make the decision on where their money goes. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, dealing with people like that, they, they see how upfront I am, how open I am with uh, the process and um, how honest I am with, you know, I, I disclose everything to them um, and that's good and bad too. But uh, they, I think really people appreciate honesty. Mm-hmm. They don't like to have people, uh, trying to hide things from them or trick yeah. them or pull the wool over their eyes. Yeah. And so with the word of mouth, I mean, I got people referring me to their friend or family member or neighbor. And I think that speaks a lot about someone I've worked for people where they got that job, but that's going to be the last job they ever do for that person. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be referred to anyone by that person. Whereas I think I've, I have probably rarely had a client that wouldn't recommend me to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe once or twice when that occurred was just their expectations were different than mm-hmm. what they should have been. Like I, I went and gr- I filled in um, a concrete floor and it was this old house and it was an old like uh, wood burning like furnace or something, coal furnace or something. It had this brick flu coming up out of the uh uh basement slab mm-hmm. and so it was pumped up right there and they wanted it filled in and they didn't even ask me to level it they just asked me to fill it in and mm-hmm. i was like well i could grind i probably should grind that down a bit you know and try to make it not so high and i spent a lot of time grinding it down and said i'll try my best you know to level it out a little bit but i think that basement slab was probably off from one side to the other, about two and a half inches mm-hmm. out of level. And then that hump from that flu situation was, you know, that was a high point. And, um, man, I, I made it look really nice. And as far as, you know, yeah, if you threw a level on there, it wasn't going to be level, but it looked way flat compared to what it would have been had I not ground it down. And he was kind of thinking that like his basement was just going to be level after that. Mm. And, um, he just wasn't, super pleased but he wasn't disappointed yeah. but it's just i didn't his expectations were something different than what they could have or should have been yeah and uh, yeah. definitely he wasn't bad mouthing me but sure. i don't think he was probably recommending me to everybody <laughs> right 
Yeah, that's the importance of setting those expectations and really communicating and and going over everything, even if even if we think it's clear, right? Um, but that that you know, uh, what was I gonna bring up and highlight here? I forgot. Ah, I just slipped my mind, Michael. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, communication's key, though. That's probably what I'm. Uh, one thing I'm better at than my old boss. He was really intelligent guy. He could communicate well. He's articulate, mm-hmm. but he would just not take the time to reach out to clients like he should have. And so many times it would be that the client was contacting him to wonder where we're at, what's going on, how come you guys aren't here today kind of a thing. And uh, I, I'm i in constant communication with my clients. I uh, use my text thread as a way to document any numbers or materials. Everything's documented in there with pictures and text. Mm-hmm. So I can just revert back to my conversation with the client and find anything and everything throughout the project. And um, I, I let the client know, hey, I, I'm on my way out or I'm headed over. Like, I don't show up on an house. They know, even though they're expecting me that day, they know exactly when I'm going to show up at their door. You know, I'm not feeling well that day. I let them know, hey, I'm not feeling so good. I'm staying home. Yeah. Whereas, you know, many other people just feel they're their own boss. They don't even bother letting the client know they're not showing up that day. And I've, I've discovered that um, clients are really easy to deal with in that regard. If you just let them know, mm. they roll with the punches really yeah. well. Yeah. But as with anything, people hate being in that, like, what's going on, not knowing, the just wondering what's going on. Yeah. You know, and uh, if you just let them know, they're happy just to know yeah. whether you're showing up or not. If they know, that's all they care about so much. It's just like not getting any sort of contact from me about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 all those little things that that make the big the big lasting <laughs> impressions and everything from you know having having a license or a, you know a college degree or even a certification. You know, a CTI, a certified tile installer. Anything to set yourself out apart, you know, because a lot of it is presentation in the beginning and a lot of these states don't have licensing. So you're going to be up against a lot of people without a license because they don't need it. So any little thing that you can do to elevate your brand. I mean, we've, we talked about presentation and, and just being a good community person earlier and, and just, you know, you are your brand. I really liked it when you said that because that's, that's, that's what it is, you know, and um, you found a niche, you know, and it sounds like you're thriving out there, Michael, um, even after just relocating. So keep up the good work. That's, that's pretty cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much. It was kind of bittersweet because, um, I could have really piggybacked off this in, uh, Bozeman, which is in Gallatin County mm-hmm. and, uh, the Bozeman Daily Chronicle is the newspaper there. And they do this thing in different categories, real estate, Um, There might even be a marketing one, different um, types of contractors, but they they do this thing called Gallatin's Greatest. Mm -hmm. And um, I was nominated last year for Gallatin's Greatest Home Renovator. Home Builder was a different category. Mm -hmm. But um, anyways, I made the cut for top five, then I made the cut to top three, and then um, lo and behold, I uh, got a cool plaque. Mm-hmm. that uh, is Gallatin's greatest home renovator for 2021. And I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah. And uh, it maybe was a little bit more of a popularity contest than being, you know, uh, 
an unbiased judgment. But regardless, I got that title, and that that would have been really neat to uh, kind of catapult my business a little more there. And I'm hesitant to use that in Great Falls because the economic uh, or eco socionomic uh, clients here is a little different. Mm-hmm. This is more blue collar rural people that don't maybe have the type of money that people do in Bozeman. And so mm. utilizing that Gallatin's greatest and having this Bozeman image might make people think that I'm unaffordable to them, mm. which I think I actually have pretty affordable prices and rates, you know, for the, especially for the work that I'm putting out, yeah. but that might deter people here. So I don't know if I'm going to really advertise that that much here, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It might be something you can consider at you know, and it's something you can add in at any time. Do you have a website or are you on social media? Where can people find you? Yeah, so I don't have a website. I've been thinking about that, but like you said, these younger people go to Facebook like it's Google. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I see no reason to develop and pay for a website when people are just as likely or more so to go on Facebook to try to find mm-hmm. a contractor or a tile guy or whatnot. And uh, I'm starting to uh, use the hashtags more mm-hmm. because I think that helps people find you easier when you hashtag, you know, tile or yeah. shower or whatever it is you're doing. And um, I've found numerous people find me on Facebook just out of the blue. And uh, so I try to tag myself on local marketplace a lot, even if I don't want that job or know I'm too busy I tag my company because it's just one more hit with my yeah, name on yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Smart, smart. So, socioeconomic. I was, that was jumbling it up. Socioeconomic class. Yep, yep. No, no problem there. I, I, I bumble words all the time, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different when you're just talking to your wife or kids compared to being on a <laughs> podcast like The this. pressure's on, brother. The pressure's on. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. been, can you believe it's been an hour already? And, and that flew by, man, that flew by. And I want to, I can get pretty talkative. Well, Hey, it's been a great, it's been great for me. I mean, you've been an easy interview and, um, honestly I would have stopped you, but you, you were sharing a lot of valuable content and I, I don't think I could have done any better, you know, with, with my questions than just letting you, letting you go. And it was very valuable and insightful into your business. And um, what we'll probably want to do is check in maybe in a year and see how you're doing over there and see what's changed. I have a feeling, you know, like, like everything, things change, right? For sure. Um, Do you think you'll ever go into uh, building complete homes or? Uh, I was, so I was entertaining the idea. Some people are moving here. The um, housing market is crazy here. We got people moving moving from all over the country they're just moving in in like crazy here and there's not enough houses to um purchase or rent where the building market's going up a lot here with new construction and i was talking to some clients that were looking for a place and looking for a builder and um yeah i would be interested in that but Mm. at the same time it'd be more you know, pulling strings and doing more managerial stuff. Yeah. I'm good at that. I don't mind doing it, but I really enjoy working with my hands. Yeah. And I think that would be more something that would, uh, when my body doesn't lend itself to the hands-on work that I might move more in that direction as I'm older. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Give yourself a couple <laughs> decades, huh? 
Sounds, yeah. that's yeah. good. I mean, I left, I think. absolutely. It's, it's great to, to enjoy what you do. And, and I think the fact that you mix it up and, and do all aspects of remodeling, you know, keep you a little bit healthier, you know, less repetition, you know, day and day and day and out. Um, so I think, I think you're going to do just great. Um, what is the big draw over there in little falls or not, uh, in great falls? Is it, is, is there a college over there? Why, why are people moving there? I, I noticed it's about what, 75, 80,000. I think it's Montana in general. Uh-huh. And, um, I think, uh, you know, Montana is titled the last best place. I think great falls is the last best place in Montana. Okay. As far as, I mean, when you're not talking small towns, but like more of a city or something that is substantial. Like we got Missoula, we have Billings, Bozeman. Those have become very liberal. They're kind of crowded. Great Falls um, is much uh, more blue collar and uh, rural compared to those cities. Kalispell mm-hmm. uh, area, the same thing, I think, is kind of getting overgrown. And uh, Great Falls is affordable. Bozeman is not affordable anymore uh, most people that are born and raised are having to uh move and find different places to live the uh, working class the, the labor the lower spectrum of the totem pole isn't able to live there so the service industry is just being kind of pushed out of there and so you got all these ritzy people that want to be able to go out and be waited on but the people that can do that and, and live on that sort of income aren't able to really uh, hmm. sustain their lifestyle there where um, Great Falls, we, we don't see that as much here. I think there's not this hurt uh, for uh, uh, the cost of living and being able to sustain yourself here, no matter what you do. I mean, if you're uh, minimum wage here, I mean, you definitely can, can have an existence where hmm. – I don't think minimum wage even exists in Bozeman. Right. I mean, you're talking 17 plus dollars an hour for what could be a minimum wage job, you Entry know, level. what people have to pay there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Sounds wild. Well, Michael, once again, thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate you opening up and, and giving us some business insights to, to the audience here. We appreciate you. Uh, it was a pleasure. All right. Well, you, you enjoy the rest of your day. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Tile friends. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Michael. I know I really enjoyed getting to know him. Listen, if you want to stay in touch with all things Tile Money, you can subscribe to our email newsletter. That's uh, You can go to tilemoney.com to do that and learn more. Um, and once again, you can subscribe to the Tile Nation's phone number text messaging service. Text Tile Nation to 877-630-3260. All right, Tile friends. I hope you're all staying positive out there. I know, uh, I know times get rough, but please stay positive. And above all else, please, please, please stay profitable, Tile friends. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Over and out.